the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for listening in. When we sincerely turn our lives over to God, our goal is to obediently live for Him until He calls us home. Some, however, turn away from God as if they never knew Him. How can that be? God's Word has the answer. The Bible tells us that there are some who call themselves Christians, yet they are not a part of the family of God because though they appeared to be with us, they were not truly among us because they denied that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Heaven forbid! Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations of our enemies? Walk in the fear of God so that, the, so that you can even be an example to an onlooking world. And where is the fear of God in the house of God? A D, another characteristic of, of, of false teachers, pastors, members, and so forth, they are filled with pride, which results in shame. They are filled with pride, which results in shame. Uh, Proverbs 11, chapter 11, verse 2a says, when pride comes, then comes shame. Do you realize if you don't deal with the issue of your pride, your pride will shame you. Shame. Shame is a result of not uh, dealing with the issue of pride and keeping it in check. Your pride, if left unchecked, can shame you to no end. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah 23, 40 says, And I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you and a perpetual shame. Say a perpetual shame. Which shall not be forgotten. Sometimes people are so ugly to God and, and, and wreak so much havoc in the Lord's church. And they're so beside themselves. And can't nobody tell them nothing. And they don't want to hear correction and don't want to hear truth. And they're just callous and rebellious in their spirit. You know what God does? God will knock them down in such a way that they will have a shame on them the rest of their lives. A public shame and a lasting shame that they will have to live with the balance of their days. Number two, false teachers and pastors are so blinded, possessed and consumed by their satanic agenda against God and his church until they are totally ignorant of their imminent coming judgment. They're so carried away with their agenda to wipe out saints, to gain influence for the purpose of destruction until they don't even see their spiritual and physical demise. Look at verse 13b, the latter part of verse 13. Look what it says. Wandering stars for whom is reserved, underline reserve, reserve the blackness of darkness forever. 
You either have reservation in hell because of your rejection of Jesus Christ, or you have reservation in heaven because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior and you possess an undivided allegiance, allegiance to God. You know, if you go to Laurier Auditorium for a concert or a majestic theater to see uh, the Lion Kings or this or that or wherever you're going to look at, you don't just walk in and sit anywhere. You have to make what? Reservation. You have seat assignments. Likewise, in nice restaurants, you make reservations for seating so that you can have a seat when you get there. Ooh, God is saying through his word, through his servant Jude, he has, he has reserved the blackness of darkness forever for those who hate God, uh, hurt his little ones, and uh, do all kinds of things to uh, distract and deter people from getting to God. He says, and all of us in here, my friend, let me just say it this way. You have a reservation. And where's your reservation? It's either in hell, if you know not the Lord Jesus Christ, or it's in heaven, if you've trusted him alone by faith through, through grace. Uh, but all of us are going one or two places. There's not 15 places to go. There's no purgatory. You're either going, there's no in-between places that you just stop for a little while, get it right, and go on to heaven. No, 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 that's too sweet. No, 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 no. you either going to hell or you're going to heaven, and it, and, and, and it's based on who you know in Christ or not knowing uh, of that of Christ. Uh, look what it says uh, in number three. It says, the holiness of God demands execution and judgment upon the words and deeds of wicked men. The holiness of God demands execution and judgment upon all the words and deeds of wicked men. Look at verse 15. It says, to execute judgment on all, to convict all. Well, let's just go back and look. I want you to count the alls. To execute judgment on what? All. That's one. To convict all. That's number two. Who are ungodly among them of what? All. Number three. Their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way. And of what? All the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Look. All, 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 all. Underline it. Don't be afraid to write in your Bible. Those alls are there for a purpose, and I'm going to address that in just a moment. Then Psalms 98, 9 says, For he, Jesus, is coming to judge the earth with righteousness. He shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. In other words, the judgment of God, when it says all, 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 that's, that's saying that the judgment of God will be thorough, it will be complete, and it will be just. My friend, I have a prophetic word for you. Judgment day is coming. And all, there will be a day of reckoning when all must give an account before God. And his judgment will be complete. Not one wicked person will be forgotten and they will receive due punishment for all the harsh things they have said and done against the Lord and his people. There is a day of accountability. You may get by, but none will get away. Number four, the evidence that a Christian, a pastor, or a ministry worker, servant is of God is that they will flourish and bear fruit. Say bear fruit. That's, that's a sign. Uh, the, uh, uh, that's the evidence that you're flourishing is that you bear fruit. And Psalms number one, verse three, it says, he shall be like a tree planted 
by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. You can't prosper until you are planted. Underline planted. Because you got to be planted in God. You have to be rooted in God, drawing resources from God in order to flourish to the glory of God. There has to be roots and, and, and you have to be drawing your sustenance and all the, the resources from God in order to flourish and not wither. Many saints' lives are withering and everything about them is withering and they're not fl- fl- flourishing simply because they're away from God and drifted so far away. Many churches are just drying up. Do you realize there are churches that were once vibrant and full of life? There are now museums that you can take a tour of and, and the glory days are all in the past. All in the past. Because some way they drifted into liberalism. They drifted away from the, the integrity of the word of God. And when you, this book is the book of life. And when you get up here with a lot of sayings and sweet stuff and junk food, you begin to wither that church. Families begin to wither. Hope begins to wane. Discouragement prevails simply because the book of life is not the centerpiece in the Lord's church. Psalms 92, Psalms number 92. Look at, you saw saw planted, he shall be like a tree planted in Psalms 1. Look at Psalms 92, verses 13 and 14. Everyone with a Bible, turn there if you will. Psalms 92, verses 13 and 14. Well, look, look there. It, it, when you find it, say amen. Psalms 92, 13 and 14. It says, those who are, there it again, there it is again, planted. Underline planted. Planted. You, 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 to plant something, you got to put it in the ground. You got to cultivate it. You got to water it. You have to nurture it. If you don't, the leaves will begin to wither and it dies because it's not planted. You can't see a tree grow on top of the ground. You got to, it does a tree can't hop around and bear fruit. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God, of our God. Do you enjoy coming to church? Are you planted or are you just hopping around like a leech, just sucking everything from everybody and you're not giving anything? You got gifts, but nobody can be a recipient of your gifts because you don't stay any place long enough for anybody to be blessed by your ministry or your giftedness that you have within you. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Say old age. God expect you to be productive in, in your old age. No such thing as retirement on this side. I, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a worldly principle. Uh, but you, 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 I like that song says, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I promise him that I would what? Serve him till I what? The Bible says, be faithful unto what? Death. You don't just sit down in some spiritual rocking chair and say, let the other folk have it. God, if God has breath in your body, body, there's a purpose for you. And God wants to fulfill that purpose through you for his glory. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. In other words, God wants you to be useful at whatever age you are. God wants, God has put you here for his purpose and his glory. And you ought to be communing with him, loving him. And people ought to be drawn to him because of your fruitfulness to the glory of God. It says that they shall be fresh and flourishing. And so many saints have grown so stale. Who wants 
stale. You go to H-E-B, you don't want stale, moldy bread. You want some, you want fresh. You, have you ever got bread and you kind of touched it a little bit to see how it bounced? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You kind of touch it and you kind of smell it and you kind of look at the dates and, you know, or, or milk. You always want to look at the expiration dates. You know, why is it that you're always looking at the date? You want it fresh because you want it to taste good and you want it to do what you think it's, what it's supposed to do. And so you don't want outdated stuff. That could be harmful to you. And you know what? Some of y'all are, are stale and outdated with God. You, 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 you're outdated. You, you're not fresh. He gives you new mercy every morning and your life is so stale. And God wants you full of life and full of vitality. He wants you on a cutting edge and he wants you alive. You know what? If you come to church and you sleep, you stale. Now your eyes will wake up now. You stale. You know, you stale. You you so much alive in the streets and all moving all around till you can't worship God. Man, you ought to be on edge. Ooh, I can't wait. Ooh, that, what is it? What did he say, honey? Oh, oh I mean, you are you just can't wait. You bubbling over because 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 you, you know your your life is hanging in the balance. You don't come here tired. You want a fresh word, and you want to be fresh before God. Evidence of fruitfulness. Oh, oh. Where's the evidence that you are fresh and flourishing? Huh? I, I don't want I don't want hands. I could ask how many of you think you're fresh, but I don't want you lying. So l- let me give you about uh, A, B, C, D, and E. These comes in the form of a question. You don't have to answer them. They are rhetorical in nature, but you can check yourself out to see if you are fresh, fruitful, and flourishing. Three Fs. Fresh. Fruitful and flourishing. A, are many coming to Christ because of your godly lifestyle and verbal witness for Jesus Christ? Ha, why they got in. Who, who came to Christ because of your witness? Because of your godly lifestyle? Because of your witness? They, they came to Christ this year. How many folk came to Christ? Who, did, who have you witnessed to? What door have you knocked on? Who have you challenged in that area? For your verbal witness for Christ. B. Are people enjoying your presence because of your encouragement and words of wisdom? If they are, that means you're fresh, fruitful, and flourishing. Are people enjoying your presence because of your encouragement and words of wisdom? I mean, people enjoy your presence. They can't wait to get around you because you are refreshing. You're vibrant. You're full of life. I mean, people know that when they hang around you, you're going to share nuggets of wisdom that's going to bless them and it's going to be just what they needed to encourage them in the faith so that they can keep on keeping on to the glory of God. Are, do folk, are folk drawn to you or when, they, when you come around, they run away from you? See, fresh, flourishing, fruitful. Are you stimulating and motivating others because of your own inward fire and passion? Are you stimulating others to love and good works like Hebrews 25 uh, says? Are, are, you, are, you, are you stimulating and, and, um, and motivating others because of your own inward fire and passion? You know, 
you know, your fire is so evident until people catch on fire for being around you. Uh, you you're so passionate about what you do. You, you you create a sense of passion in others. They they write, their passion is encouraged from your passion. D, are you using your God-given influence to challenge others in their godly conduct? Does your godly life challenge others to godly living? Is your life raising the challenging others to raise the spiritual bar? Is your life uh, uh, rebuking the rebellious your lifestyle is so holy until it rebukes the lifestyle of others are you encouraging the weak to be strong you see that's being fruitful that's flourishing and finally but not the least E does your life lead others into spiritual regression or spiritual progression does your life lead others to spiritual regression or progression? In other words, when they come into your presence, are they better off or worse off after, they, after they've left your presence? That's a big thought, you all. Because some people have a way of bringing the worst out of folk. Okay, number five, we're transitioning. There may be those close to you who are saved and they are not advocating false doctrine. However, should they become a drain on your faith, wipe out your spiritual progression, and cause your growth to be stunted, you should change the dynamics of that relationship and distance yourself from them for the sake of your own spiritual health and growth in Christ. There are some people, even in the house of God, you need to change the dynamics of that relationship if they are setting you back in your walk with the Lord. Everybody's not healthy for you to be around. Did y'all get that? Some folk, when you're around them, you think worse. You act worse. You, 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 instead of coming up, you go down. Hebrews 12, 1b says, let, every, let, let, let us lay aside every weight. And there are some relationships that you are tied into that has become, those relationships have become a weight. And you need to lay that aside lest you uh, be put in God's divine woodshed. Uh, finally, but not the least, there is no victory without a fight. You, 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 you got to fight to win. You don't win a war without fighting. In other words, we must persevere and not lose our will to fight against the, the world. We must not lose our will to fight against the flesh, against the devil, and all who seek to destroy the Lord's church as well as our families from within and from out. Satan, Satan wants to destroy you, and not only you, but those precious children he has given you, those precious grandchildren, and he wants to wipe you out, and he comes with a raging vengeance to destroy everything that represents God in your life. 1 Timothy 6, 10, 6, 12a, 1 Timothy 6, 12a says, fight the good fight of faith. A lot of people say, well, I don't like war. Well, who, who nobody loves war. You know, even America, they don't like their anti-war movements and all of this. Do you realize we enjoy the freedoms we have because somebody shed their blood? Won't y'all say amen? I mean, how are you going to have... How you going to have peace and freedom without fight? If you don't fight, folk will take us over and do whatever they want with us. You got to fight. 
Do you realize the slave issue over the civil the, uh, the civil war was over the slave issue, and we got our freedom because somebody had to fight and shed blood over what was going. I mean, that's you got to fight to, to take to protect your freedoms. You know, nobody like war, nobody. But if there's not a fight, you you, you lose, and you lose everything. You have to fight to stay off of drugs, and you have to fight to stay off of pornography. You got to fight to keep away from gambling and all such things. You have you, you have to fight with yourself and your own flesh to keep from gossiping and cussing and lying and stealing and cheating and homongering and everything else. This is a sensual world waiting to wipe you out at any moment. You got to fight for your righteousness. You got to fight for the sake of your holiness to the glory of God. And if you're not, but but see, some of y'all can't fight because you don't realize the war is on. You don't even realize you're in a war, so you, you're not even combat ready. You don't go to rock with a slingshot. You got to go through boot camp so you won't kill up all those folk around you. Kill up your whole platoon. You got to know what you're doing. You got to fight. You got to know how to fight. You got to know the strategy of the enemy. And, if, and some of you can't fight because you don't even know the war is on. You're losing your family, you're losing your children, your grandchildren, you're losing your own soul. And don't even realize all the grounds you've lost. Onward Christian soldiers marching us to war with the cross of Jesus going on before Christ the royal master leads against the foe. Forward into battle, see his banner go. At the sign of triumph, Satan's host, host doth flee. Onward then, Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundation quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift our voices. Loud your anthem raise. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus, going on before. Jesus came to this earth and whooped Satan on his own ground. Thought about it. Whooped him on the cross when he said, it is finished. It was done. It's done. Satan's fighting, but he's fighting a losing battle. Amen. We already know who wins because the record has already told us Jesus won it 2,000 years ago. But that's not going to keep Satan from fighting because he want to take as many as he can to hell with him. He already knows he's done. He's just fighting a losing battle. And I want to tell you today, God wants you to get in the Lord's army. He wants you to be a soldier of the cross. And let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus on his terms, he saves, he transforms. And some of you, your life is in a mess because your standards have been too low. You don't, you, you don't change folk with low standards. You got to have high standards. And this book is high. And this, we're not to lower uh, this book for any reason. I'm not to bring the Bible down to you. My job is to get you up to the Bible. <laughs> Amen. You know, the Bible, whosoever will, let him come. Your prostitute, come. Your homosexual, come. Your liar, come. Your pimp, come. 
whoever you say, let them all come in. I say, yeah, let them come. You say, why let them come? Because the church is a spiritual hospital. We put you on the spiritual emergency table and we let the word of God, which is a two-edged sword, cut deep all that sin out of you and let the Holy Ghost show you up and then you ready for battle. We'll let you come any kind of way you can come. You can't be so messed up that you can't come. But we, our job is to not let you stay that way. I've never seen anybody go to the hospital and say, keep me sick. Keep my leg broke. Keep, 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 keep the cut open. Don't let it close. Kill me. They doing that anyhow with the Zeus and Asian. They're killing folks now. You know, these hospitals, they're getting all mixed up. Euthanasia. I don't know what's all in that healthcare package, but you better watch it. Won't y'all say amen? You know, that, that big old thing, all them bills and all them pages in there, they want it big so you can't read it because they know we're not going to read Just put it in a book. You know, just make it a thousand pages. I don't know where to make it a thing a thousand pages, whatever it is. They don't need all that stuff. This need to be 25 pages so everybody can read it and know what's there. Yeah, they, they'll kill you in the name of health care if you don't read. But let me tell you something. We'll let you come as you are. But our goal is not to let you stay like you are. We're going to let Jesus fix it for you. He's the great doctor and he's in the healing business and your condition and your state and your life is not so messed up that the grace of God and the blood of Jesus can't clean you up and fix you for all eternity. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. I love the blood. That's why I believe we're saying about all the blood this morning. Because only the blood. I'm up here not because I'm so holy, so safe, so right. I'm just a redeemed child. Got to confess my sins just like you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The same gospel that saved me that I preach is enough to save you where you are. You don't have to add nothing to it nor take anything from it. You come to Jesus right now. We must study, meditate, and obey the word of God daily lest we fall. The tendency to stray away from God doesn't stop us here on earth. The Bible tells us that God's judgment also fell upon fallen angels. In other words, no one is exempt. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.